modern mayhem. Any marriage license issued by my office will not be issued or authorized by me. Modern Mayhem with Baldo Hogan. Baldo, haven't heard from you in a while. Wait, it's the other way around. You haven't heard from me in a while. One of the things that I'm trying to get to is, is make this a routine as well, trying to have a schedule where I can provide a new podcast perhaps every you know, couple weeks or whatnot. The ideal situation will be to have some sort of weekly podcast show. But as some of you may know, I also have a full-time job teaching, so I'm lecturing all the time. Again, on top of that, I have other music projects and all this good stuff happening. Um, it's kind of hard for me to actually sit down and work on a show. Either way, though, I appreciate your listening here. I'm also going to be changing some formats, might do a little bit more music here and there. I do try to inform but entertain as well. I'm trying to keep it at the 20 to 25 minute timeline just uh, to be more of an ideal situation, especially when you're driving. So yeah, again, I had been busy with the start of the new semester. I had gotten sick too right before the start of the new semester, so I couldn't work too much on that. And so yeah, again, I'm going to be trying some new things. Further down the line, I also want to incorporate some interviews uh, with some, you know, prominent members of the community, perhaps some prominent members of certain fields, maybe some, you know, people in academia or, you know, regular Joe Shamos like you and I as well, just to kind of get a new perspective. I know most of these topics are very debatable and I would definitely like to have other viewpoints integrated into the format here of the show. So um, look out for that. If you have any ideas, uh, any show ideas, you want to participate, you want to be interviewed or anything of that nature, modernmayhemshow.com. Hit me up on the email you know we can set something up i'm open to programming the shows around audience and the listeners and what you guys have going on in your lives as well again please uh review the show if you haven't done so already you know give us some stars there on the old itunes also some other things there were some people that kind of were questioning how to attain some copies of the show if you do not have itunes you can also go directly to soundcloud you can have access to the podcast all shows are free it's just a matter of how you acquire them and Android format should work as well. Hit me up with any suggestions. Let's start the show. Why are Christians anti-gay? I just want to serve my neighbors quietly without violating my conscience. And so this morning, I am forced to fashion a remedy that reconciles my conscience with Judge Bunning's orders. Effective immediately, and until an accommodation is provided by those with the authority to provide it, any marriage license issued by my office will not be issued or authorized by me. I want the whole world to know, be no mistake about it, that if my deputy clerks who do not have my authorization or the authority They don't have my authority to issue any license whatsoever. If you watched any news over the past week or two, or if you have been looking through and scrolling through your Facebook, you've probably heard of this lady. Her name is Kim Davis. Kim Davis is a county clerk from Kentucky who received a lot of attention for declining marriage license. She got so famous, not only did she get national attention or probably worldwide attention, she also got her own Wikipedia page, which is what I'm about to read right now. In 2015, Davis gained national attention after defying a federal court order requiring that she issue marriage licenses 
cases following the U.S. Supreme Court decision in Obergfell versus Hodges, which held that there is a right to same-sex marriage guaranteed by the 14th Amendment. In short, the 14th Amendment guarantees that any two persons in the United States that are considered LGBT still have the right to get married just like straight people. Now, Kim Davis refused to issue these licenses based on her personal beliefs. She believes, as many Christians in this country do, that, that homosexuals, lesbians, whatnot, anybody in the LGBT community should not get married because of its sinful nature or, you know, for whatever reason. It's not in the Bible. It's not quote-unquote natural. You can't make babies. You Whatever. The basis for her beliefs, I feel, and the basis for many people's beliefs in the Christian right goes back more than a couple years here. It goes back more than a couple generations. In fact, most of the reasons why people follow that idea very closely, this, this you know, idea that homosexuals cannot get married, stems all the way from the medieval ages. In fact, you can even make the argument that the work done in the medieval ages in the field of theology can be traced back to ancient Greece, right? A lot of the medieval theologians used ancient philosophy, married it with their Christian values, and came up with a lot of the, of the modern justification for the beliefs that people hold on to to this day. So the question of why Christians are considered by many to be very anti-gay, specifically in the area of, you know, marriage, you know, they might say, well, you know, we don't hate the gays, we just don't want them to get married, whatever. The reasoning behind that, again, is the aim of this show. We're trying to figure out where that idea stemmed from in the Christian uh, ways. And it's far beyond just that's what it says in the Bible, because the Bible itself has a lot of ideas that people today don't follow, even the Christians, right? So, again, I think the more social aspect to it gets its grounding from a specific philosopher who we know as St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, any theologian um, worth their weight in the Christian um, realm should know who St. Thomas Aquinas is. I mean, the, the church in general just liked St. Thomas so much that he became a saint. They made him a saint. What did he do? Well, specifically, he justified Christian beliefs through the use of logic, rationality, and, and a lot of philosophy, right? not only in, in, you know, metaphysics and whatnot, but also in ethics and, and other fields. So what I'm going to do today is talk a little bit on what it is that we could consider to be St. Thomas Aquinas' contribution to modern-day understanding of, of the Bible in many ways and perhaps realize where we get this anti-gay, anti-gay marriage type of fervor uh, we're seeing a lot in today's world. So before we get into St. Thomas's contribution here to, to the question of gay marriage, uh, we have to go back and really understand Aristotle's contribution to this idea of natural law. He was the originator of this idea, but of course it's different than our modern conception of it and definitely different from St. Thomas's conception of it. The original natural law theory by Aristotle proposed that every object in the universe had a purpose, had a function. He talked about it more as a mechanical purpose rather than say, you know, this 21st century, you know, what, what am I here to do? What's my purpose? You know, I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. It's not really a choice. It's not really spiritual in nature. It's really kind of just more pragmatic, more, again, like I said, mechanical. So an example of uh, Aristotle's telos 
Rousseau's or teleology, right, the study of purposiveness in objects, the function of objects, would be, say, for example, what would be the natural function of a chair? Natural law theory would say that the chair is made to be sat on. You sit on your chair. What is the natural function of the table to put stuff on top of it, to write on top of it and whatnot? What is the natural function of your car to take you from A to B? What is the natural function of your pen to write stuff? Just because your car has a hood on it and you can you know, use it as a table, you know, it's its original function to drive, right? To have people inside it and to drive, right? That is a function of the car. Again, when Aristotle talked about a function for, for the object, he talked about every object in the universe having a specific function. Whether or not we understand it or we realize it or not, every object has a purpose in regards to the mechanical, the physical universe that we, that we call our home. When it comes down to deciding a natural function for the human being, Aristotle inquires of, again, that uniqueness of our species. Right? He looks for that species differentia, that which differentiates us from other species, that unique quality right, that is not shared by other species, that one thing that truly makes us human. What he came to realize that that which makes us truly human is our ability to rationalize, our ability to think, our ability to deliberate, our ability to be cognitively aware, to be highly conscious beings. That is our thing. That is what we do as humans. Some might say, well, our basic function is to live. No, no, no. Other things live. Plants live. Dogs live. But what about procreation? No, that's not uniquely human, right? Dogs also procreate cats. Other animals, most if not all species, have some sort of way of, of procreating, right? So procreation is not necessarily a uniquely human endeavor here. So again, natural law theory for Aristotle was assigning that specific function, purpose, telos, to that object. For humans, it was our ability to rationalize, think, cognitive, if you will, reign over over the universe, if you if you will. And you know, now when it comes to Saint Thomas Aquinas, what Aquinas did was use that Aristotelian idea of natural law theory and combine it with Christian views, Christian convictions. And he came up with the Christian view of natural law theory, which, again, is very similar to the Aristotelian view, except he adds God as the cause for our rationality. St. Thomas Aquinas would say something like, you know, all humans have the capability to rationalize, to think, and that ability to think and rationalize was given to us by God. What he did, though, is that he went further into natural law theory and justified what he found in the Bible, right? The Bible says that homosexuality is a sin, does not necessarily mention anything against gay marriage. It does mention uh, marriage between a man and a woman, right? But, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily go into detail as to why homosexuality is a sin, right? The Bible doesn't give us that. that that's where St. Thomas Aquinas comes into the picture to interpret the Bible as he sees fit, which is again, justified by this idea of natural law. But he doesn't use the rationality debate, the species differentia that Aristotle talks about. He uses um, the basic function of reproduction to justify it. That the reason why gay marriage is wrong is because they cannot have babies, right? So you start to hear a lot of this in modern conventions, or right? you, you start to hear a lot of this in, in modern arguments. Oh, gay marriage is wrong because you cannot have babies. It is quote-unquote unnatural. What do we mean by unnatural? Against the natural laws of the universe, a.k.a. natural law theory, a.k.a. Aristotle. But see, Aristotle did not talk about gay marriage. In fact, he didn't even say that reproduction was strictly human because it's not. The only thing that Aristotle talked about as our function is our ability to think and, and deliberate and reason. said nothing about procreation. St. Thomas Aquinas, though, 
used natural law theory, changed it up to make it fit within the Bible. And that's why we have this natural law theory that we, you know, see nowadays. It's like homosexuality is not natural. I mean, you cannot have babies. You know, why would God want to give us man and woman and not expect us to have babies? Right? Besides, you know, all the arguments against God or against Christianity, against religion, though, we're not even going into that. Right? We're talking about strictly how St. Thomas Aquinas justified natural law theory into into his views. St. Thomas Aquinas was a moral objectivist. He believed, he believed that morality should apply to everybody universally, obviously, and was an absolutist. In fact, most religious people are absolutists. They believe that morality doesn't change. Why? Because, well, the Bible doesn't change, right? It's not like every new every year we get a new version of the Ten Commandments. It's like, ooh, I wonder what rules are on this year's. No, no. They never change. It's absolute. And further than that, um, morality as given by God is absolute. And God has absolute power, right? So, again, morality is absolute, strictly in the eyes of Christians, though. So, again, we're just trying to figure out how they came to this conclusion that, that you know, marriage between a man and a man or a woman and a woman is not natural. Well, it was a spin on Aristotle's natural law theory. But to be to be clear and to be right here— Aristotle claimed nothing about natural law theory and homosexuality. Again, this was a spin, a justification by St. Thomas Aquinas to use that um, and marry it with the, the Christian con- convictions. Now, you can still say, well, was any right that homosexuality is unnatural, a sin against nature, if you will? Well, that would be right if homosexuality wasn't so prevalent in all of nature, right? If If... You know, you think that homosexuality was a choice and that people choose to be homosexual, choose to disobey the laws of nature or God or whatnot, then, okay, fine. They're deciding, they're choosing to do bad. But it's not necessarily a choice. In fact, I'm making the case that it's more natural than we give it credit. Homosexuality is just as natural as, as, as straight relationships. In fact, when you look at other species, right, which is what St. Thomas Aquinas did in the first place to get this argument. He, 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 didn't dis, he didn't disregard the fact that dogs procreate, that cats procreate, that other animals with, you know, less, less intelligent than us also procreate. He didn't talk about that. He only talked about how humans and how it's so important. Fine. Well, then let's look at the procreation patterns of other animals, other species. There are hundreds of species that show homosexual behavior. It's not a human thing. It's not the species differentia. It's not which differentiates us from other species. It's not like we have a choice to be homosexual because if we did, then do you think, you know, insects and fishes and reptiles and lizards and geckos and snakes and frogs and worms and roaches and flies and butterflies and foxes and lions and cats and elephants, dogs, bison, cattle, chimps, all these animals, all these types of animals have displayed homosexual behavior. Do you think that they chose to display homosexual behavior as a moral sin against nature? They're doing it on purpose or the devil is making them do gay stuff just for uh, what? For his entertainment? I mean, that's, I mean, really? So again, the question of whether it is natural, it is a natural occurring, occurrence in, in, in life in the universe. I mean, it's pretty much has been answered. It is. It happens naturally in our human species and it happens naturally in other species, hundreds of other species. So the question of whether this is natural or not has been answered, right? The rebuttal against gay marriage was that it was unnatural, but we have shown that Again, the unnatural argument was twisted by St. Thomas Aquinas, justified by Aristotle's original natural law theory, which was not even dealing with reproduction. It was dealing with our ability to reason. And that's why I chose to do this podcast. I'm trying to rescue the original idea of natural law theory here from Aristotle, which was 
that we have our ability to think, rationalize, and have we have vision when it comes to intellect and intellectual conversations. Let's not get bogged down by traditional arguments, by ignorant facts, by or not even facts, I mean just by ignorance, really. If we are to think, let's think about it. We're not the only species in this world. We're not the only species in this world that have homosexual behavior. In fact, there's hundreds of them. It is more natural than we think it is. Our only purpose and function is not to have babies. Because then again, you're looking at a woman as just a baby-making factory. And I'm pretty sure women don't want to be seen as that. But if we all see each other as rational beings who have the capacity to think and the capability to reason, then we understand exactly what Aristotle meant by natural law. We can choose what we want to do in life. Some things we cannot. A choice that you can make, though, is you can choose not to be ignorant. And I'm trying to help in that situation. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, please visit modernmayhemshow.com. Visit us at iTunes, download, subscribe, and also please give us some stars, review. That would be most excellent. That would definitely help me and motivate me to do more shows. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, send me an email anytime you have a question, anytime you have a uh, perhaps a show topic, or just want to say what's up. All right, everybody. See you guys. Bye.